0: today we're here with david klein hey david how are you
1: great how you doing
0: yeah awesome how are you Woo? i'm doing amazing david from our uh, previous conversation i know that you are a coffee and 90s hip-hop loving
1: a lot of 90s hip-hop a lot of coffee and occasionally some uh, some photos taking some photos
0: awesome so today i'd like if we could maybe cover two topics. First is about structure and your, your sort of internal processes that you use for life and work and everything like that. You seem like you're really structured kind of guy. And sure. second, I'd like to talk about hobbies, as you just mentioned, photography and coffee and nineties hip hop, uh, it's stuff that you're really interested in. And yeah. I'd like to just dig, dig a bit deeper into about what makes you tick personally, just cause I think right. it's so important to learn a bit more about each other.
1: Great. Wonderful.
0: Awesome. So, uh, As I said, you're keen on your tried and tested processes, um, or if that's for work and life. Uh, Could you just sort of give us an example? So what's your sort of normal morning?
1: Oh, my normal morning uh, outside of work before I get there. Yeah, it's actually uh, a lot of news reading, uh, a lot of tweet consumption, uh, checking uh, Instagram and New York Times. But then of course, it's just actually a lot of time and quiet time drinking coffee Right. Um, so I spend probably almost an hour reading in the morning, uh, wow. and just thinking about the day. And I haven't really, i tried having a journal, uh, and I went out and got one of those fancy, you know, look at me, I'm a cool designer, black journals with the white pencil. <laughs> uh, but it just didn't nice. stick. I, I just felt like, um, uh, it's really good just to read about what's going on in the world, what's going on in the design community, uh, bookmark some longer articles to read during the day, uh, um, and really take my time sipping coffee. Before I head off to uh, work.
0: What publications do you read?
1: Uh, New York Times and uh, and then just whatever other people are linking to.
0: Right. Okay. So you open your phone and scroll through Twitter and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. And it used, you know, back in the day, of course, it also included Tumblr and, you know, a heavy addiction to Facebook and then checking out Flickr. But of course, it's pared down over time.
0: Do you use Reddit?
1: Uh, I've tried. I've tried to get into Reddit, but it feels like people who use Reddit are more into comments, and I don't really care about comments. I just care about the content. So actually, whenever I share tweets to uh, a group of friends, they always say, oh, my God, look at the comments. It's crazy. And I'm like, oh, it didn't even occur to me to look at the comments. I just, <laughs> yeah. I just want to read the text.
0: Just
2: don't do it on
0: YouTube. The, uh... Yeah, exactly. Sometimes YouTube. the comments are where the, the fire happens.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So I don't know. I've tried to subscribe to a few subreddits, but it just hasn't stuck yet.
0: Yeah, I've never really got into Reddit. How about you? Wu? What do you? Uh, what's your news consumption cycle like? I have pretty much. It's it's kind of sad. I've like cut out the entire world.
2: <laughs> I feel like it's so bad that I uh, I don't really look at Facebook. I don't really look at Twitter. And if I do look at Twitter, it's like mostly just design related or things like that. Yeah. So it's really sad. Like sometimes I'll hear about like the terrible things that are happening like a month afterwards. And I'm like, I had no idea that that happened. So unfortunately, yeah. um, I, it was a very conscious decision to kind of like cut a lot of that stuff out. Cause there's like, there's just like so much misinformation. Like I'd rather just look it up myself at this point. But yeah, I okay. think,
1: I think it's really important that if you find yourself frustrated with your morning routine, if you go into work and you're already like, oh, I'm so tired of this, that yeah. it actually is pretty healthy to unfollow as many people as possible and really take your time to, to do that. Absolutely. Uh, so I, and- Earlier this or late last year, I think I went through Twitter and just saw it. All I see is political tweets and it's really taken me down. So I just unfollowed like half the people on there and all the defunct startup, you know, Twitter accounts I had to get rid of those two. And yeah. I found myself to be very happy with that decision.
2: Yeah, was there like a noticeable you... change?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's 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 pared down significantly. So it used to be a lot of journalists, political journalists, a lot of politicians, and it just frustrated me like crazy. Mm-hmm. And the same for Instagram. Yep. I, over the years, I started following you know random people who took one great photo, and I realized this is untenable, um, yep. and I can't be a completionist anymore, so I just unfollowed everything that wasn't an actual friend.
2: Yeah. So have you like changed your behavior now? So every time, so I've noticed this, I guess, rewinding a little bit. So now that I, I've done kind of the same thing where I've gone through, I've cleaned out all my lists. Like my Facebook is the only things that I really, really like. I only check it like once a week anyway, but like Twitter is all like mostly just people that like either I know really close or like really super interested in what, what they have to say. So now when I go to follow somebody, like I consume a ton of their content before I'm yeah. like, okay, follow now. Like it used to be like yeah. kinda like you where you get like one or two cool photos and then you're like, Okay, yeah, let's follow this. Follow I'll this. Follow person. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you know, you have like two thousand people. You're you're like, yeah, like who is this person? Who are these people? I don't yeah. even remember.
1: Yeah. 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 So yeah. has
2: your have you noticed that yeah. your behavior has changed now? Like when you're well, yeah. trying to
1: follow new people? Yeah. Uh, when I try to follow new people, it's still the same process. I still do succumb sometimes and just say, "Oh, sure. this person I met or this person wrote something interesting or I, I see an interesting I retweet and I'll just hit follow. but uh, yeah. yeah, it's definitely once you pare it down significantly it's it's you can take some time to build it back up again.
0: Sure, sure. And uh, you're sort of the people you do follow you mentioned it's sort of news companies and politicians and stuff. do yeah. you do you consciously follow other designers as well or do you find that oh, sort absolutely. of vacuous
1: Uh, I I follow a lot of designers. However, if there's any kind of, if there's any sense of this person loves themselves more than what they're writing, then I kind of go, I don't need this. (laughs) Or if it's like pompous or like, look at me and I'm amazing. Uh, my, My favorite way to unfollow is whenever a new product is announced, if someone tweets, I've had the chance to beta test this for months. I'm just like, oh, I love too much. I can't handle that. It's like, yeah, I beta test stuff too. It doesn't mean I have to like brag about it. It doesn't matter. There's gonna be that um, one so guy, guy that we're...
2: tweeted, I beta tested and you followed him. And he's like, super sad right now. <laughs> man.
1: Yeah, you ruined yeah. his day, uh, man. He doesn't know. Um, I, they I don't know. know. But yeah, I, I think that's just obnoxious. It's like, yeah, I beta tested bourbon. You know, like before Instagram, I was, I was on bourbon. So what? okay now i'm that
0: guy <laughs> okay. that's the end of the yeah, so, goal no. do you have any like
2: favorite um, people you follow is there like certain people that you're like this person just puts out like incredible content like every time they oh, tweet like
1: oh uh, you're me off guard i have to go through the list and see um just i think there's a, just <laughs> uh for design stuff there's it, it's hard to think of one person, it's it's really a mix. You don't want someone who's just talking, constantly talking about, you know, oh my God, check out CSS Grid, or oh my God, check out this article on Medium. Yeah. You, you want some so people who are like a mix of, wow, they're actually like good people, and they think about things that aren't designed, but then also like, spend their time thinking about how to improve, I don't know if it's randomly onboarding or photography in in, uh, in a product, but um yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to. I could do that. We could put that in the show notes. Like my top yeah. favorite people I follow. Uh, oh, you know, I think Michael Beirut is actually really great because yeah. he does a little bit of both. He does life, he does politics, but then he also talks about um, Pentagram, and you know, he has a great podcast. Um, so I think that's that. That's one that I randomly uh, always look forward to seeing a tweet from him.
0: Sure. sure. Yeah, I think it's uh, something that a lot of designers, in particular, struggle with is that you're you're kind of forced to think that you should only be talking about your practice.
1: And you, yeah, And I to, think have that's a, a, that's to have a life a, is something that should be bad. And there, I God, I just saw an article recently, I have to go look this up. Um, I can't remember what publication, they're talking about how in San Francisco or in the Silicon Valley lifestyle, the work is your life, and there's no longer a concept of work-life balance. First of all, I disagree with that. I think that's crazy. Uh, I don't get any sense of that in San Francisco, but uh, maybe because I'm getting older and I actually <laughs> have a family. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's so important to step away. And even during the day, I I find it very important to go out for coffee and walk around the neighborhood um, and take some pictures. Because if you just sit there, you're never going to solve your problem just staring at your screen for hours and hours. You have to let it. You have to let it digest and and get away from your computer to be successful. I, I find at least.
2: Speaking yeah. of which, do What's you choice? have like any kind of habits that kind of get you away from your work? So for example, I do Pomodoro, where it's like. Uh, basically every, um, 25 minutes I get like a five minute break and then every, you know, I forget what it is. Like every three breaks, you get like a 15 minute break. Um, but yeah. do you have any kind of like habits that like something that says like, Hey, you know, get up, disconnect, make sure that you're kind of like resetting your brain. Cause I, I feel like there's this thing that happens in design. When you look at something for too long, you get a little snow blind and you have to yeah. like kind of make these cadences to say like, hey, I'm going to disconnect from this. I'm going to go look at something else for like five minutes, check my email, whatever it might be. You know, it could still be work related. Uh, Maybe just stand up for a second and look at your monitor sideways. You know, you see designers always do that like head tilt or whatever to kind of like reset their brain. But do you do anything like that that says like, hey, it's time to like disconnect? Or are there any like triggers that say like, hey, I've been looking at this for too long. Like I need to reset my brain.
1: Yeah, you know, I never heard of this pomodoro thing. Uh I think that would be problematic for people who love numbers, uh like myself sure. and I would constantly be thinking about okay, I'm I'm 91% through, I'm almost to my break. Uh I think it just happens naturally. So for sure. me, uh it's a day, it's a a full day. Uh, so I, I will design and then I will walk away at the end of the day. And then what I love to do is first thing the next morning, when I get to work, I open it up and I look at what I did and I try to see if it connects and if mm. it makes sense with fresh eyes. So it's sure. not really like chunks of the day, but, um, I think the, the, the walking away and getting a cup of water or a cup of coffee or going around the neighborhood, it's usually like, you know, I worked really hard from like nine to 11. I try to just get through everything as quickly as possible. And then I like to go back and think about what I'm doing or go back and read what I wrote. So the, the other weird thing about once you're a decade into your design career or 12 or whatever it is, is I find that I do a lot of writing and as, however many mock-ups I'm making or flows or, you know, prototypes I'm making, a lot of writing and collaborating with product managers and engineering managers, engineers. Um, and you kind of have to start thinking about the product more than the interface, yep. and how does this holistically fit in with the rest of the product? How does it fit in with your release? You're constantly thinking about the sprint. What are the engineers working on this sprint, and how can I support them? What are they going to work on next sprint, and how can I prepare for that? And it's really a lot less of sketch or Photoshop or whatever tool you're using, and a lot more bigger picture and strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, it, it's you. You kind of you have to rise up out of the design world and think about okay. Realistically, can they build this sprint as a fit with the product requirements are for the manager, and just constantly be in tune.
0: You touched on a really important point there, I think, and um, it's well, it's weird. you could... he
1: asked about habits. I don't know where I went there. <laughs> yeah, that's,
0: that's, that's cool. <laughs> you, um, well, I think separates someone just starting out from someone who has been doing it for a while is that they spend less time in the tools. And yeah. more time thinking about the support work that you have to do and uh something yeah. that i'm consciously doing at the moment is writing a lot of documentation for everything i design to make mm-hmm. sure that someone else someone else can pick it up or if i happen to leave you know that the rules are somewhere that someone can yeah. go and find yeah if yes i think you do you two do
2: yeah i don't know if you guys have ever read uh good to great it's an amazing book but they mm. kind of talk about that too where they um talk about really really good leaders they they kind of like segment them into different Um, tiers and I I think it's like a level five leader or something like that like the highest one I I could be getting this wrong so don't quote me Um, but the highest level leader always kind of like prepares the people that are going to come after them to say like hey here's the kind of things you need to do to be successful and I think that we as designers I think can learn a lot from that too you know because this is more like CEO level kind of like uh, strategy and like advice but um, the the whole idea of like passing things on is so important because I can't tell you how many times I've left a project that in my head was like, and it, and it came out great, and the project was awesome. And then what happened six months down the road, like it completely falls apart. And then you think about, you know, why did it fall apart? It's like, Oh, I didn't set up the person after me for success. You know, like I just, I gave them the assets. I gave them like all the design, you know, just assuming that they somehow like know what was in my head or knew like why I made certain decisions. So I started doing things like style guides. I started doing uh, stylescapes. I started doing all these things to like help align. I'm, I'm sure uh, Louis kind of has something like similar to you where he's kind of documenting all of this stuff to say like, hey, here's the kinds of things you have to do to be successful. And here's the things that were in my head and why we made the decisions that we did.
0: But it's also yeah, something think, you need to justify. You need to sure. be very upfront with everybody in the business and say, this is required for sure. us to do this. It, we might slow down on the amount we deliver, but ultimately it's going to speed everything else up. Absolutely. If you
1: if you think of everything as a pair, uh, you need a problem and a solution to go with it. And so if you prove all of your work, with some, even if it's something insignificant or something small, if you phrase it as a problem and a solution, then people will understand, I think, have a, a better understanding of why you made that decision. Mm -hmm. as opposed to just arbitrary decisions that that you made randomly. Uh, So I think, first of all, what you're describing, I think, is not a a design problem. It's like everybody has that problem. And engineers talk about the same thing, even with their own work. Like, why the hell did I write this code? Um,
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: And, um, yeah, so with designers... um, you know, if you're using Quip or Dropbox paper, I think if you just every mock-up, every state having a problem and a solution and just trying to keep it like as part of the flow of why did I do this? Why did I make this? Uh, why did I make this decision?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, that, so that, like you're, you're, you know, even for yourself, six months down the line, like it's not a surprise.
0: Do yeah. you think that having this mindset of bigger picture, larger goals sort of thing? ultimately leads you to work at enterprise-sized companies, or do you think that's something that should be just a standard for everywhere?
1: I, I don't know if it's the, uh, if it's the mindset. The, 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 the challenge with enterprise companies is is that you're not really designing a product. You're designing an yeah. operating system. Yeah. And uh, specifically to Salesforce, uh, it's like an operating system in the cloud. I mean, it's it's a, a web-based operating system. the 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 extensiveness of the product ecosystem is so vast that even 18 months in, I'm learning stuff every day. Uh, although it's crazy how much it can do, it's actually kind of amazing when you think about, you know, I was just CRM. It's like, no, 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 it's crazy how big it is. And it's really exciting actually to keep learning about it. Um, so I think it's just being a good designer. I don't know if it's about, you know, it's startup versus enterprise. Um, all these things just make you a better designer no matter where you are. Uh, the thing that led me to enterprise, if we just want to uh, get more personal, um, was, uh, the challenge of doing something that was just beyond one product, one app, one interface, one flow, and just thinking about you know collaborating with designers all over the place and trying to move a strategy, a big strategy like a big ship over time, a little bit at a time is is so challenging. Whereas at startups, over and over and over again, it was you know how do we get this thing out the door? How do we get more funding? How do we get more users? Yep. And like that was all boring. Uh, And not to say that I succeeded there, I failed several times, it's very hard to get people to sign up for something. So I thought, okay, well, here's a new challenge. How do you get people who already use a product to be happier using the product? How do you introduce new functionality to a vast ecosystem of products? Um, So the documentation thing, I think that's good no matter where you are, just to get in that habit. And I think the same goes for programming, just, you know, of course, good commenting your code, uh, but the other challenge is when you work with so many people, your presentation skills and your ability to integrate with other teams, your ability to share your work, uh, and your ability to raise the business overall, so it's not just about, okay, well, this release, this, you know, we did these five epics, but yeah, how does that work with other teams? What if you, one of your epics, that's like, a, you know, your big projects for a release… Uh, what if it touches on another product or how can I help another team with my work? And that's where it gets really, really fun and really, really hard because there's other teams in other countries that are doing things similar. Well, how can we save time and be more efficient together? Uh, so that's, that's what, that's, that's why I'm actually really happy where I am. Cause I think that's, yeah. it becomes, it becomes a personnel challenge and not just an interface challenge.
2: Sure. And can you maybe talk about um, just uh, like like your day to day? Like what what do you do throughout your day? Like how do you start your day? like your professional day? And and like sure. who do you interface with? Like what are the kinds of things that you like run into on a daily basis? Like what are some things that maybe you were surprised by in your role that you um, kind of learned about or that I, I know that's kind of um, like a lot of stuff, but kind of like no no was, like what's your day to day basically.
1: My, the biggest surprise so far, and I'm sure other designers can relate to this, is that when you have a good product manager, your whole life changes because uh, that's really your partner. It's not your your other designer. It depends on the, the the product. Sometimes you have multiple designers uh, working on the same product, uh, but I focus on one product, and I have uh, a one product manager and a couple engineering managers, and and then you know and engineers. I'm not sure how many it, it ranges. Um, and having a good product manager is just the greatest thing for that person to think about, uh, you know, the points and the sprints and also the requirements and the stakeholders and just being able to bounce ideas off that person, even though they're not necessarily an expert in design, they know what the customer needs to solve their problem. So that was a huge surprise and just such a blessing to have that uh, person who yeah. I get to talk to all basically all day, every day. That's well, you know when I when I roll in oh, roll in. God, I'm so cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, you say hello to everyone. Um and there's a couple of emails. I find that uh, the, the less email you have, the better your life is. So uh, I'm very lucky that, you know, when you have something like Slack, your number of emails goes way down. Uh, so you, you catch up on a couple Slack questions that may have come in late, uh, a couple emails. But then you get right into picking up where you left off in terms of preparing for the next release, preparing for the next sprint and uh, and then answering questions. So. What happens usually is that you start a sprint and you have all this material prepared all these you know maybe little prototypes little mockups. Re- really quick
2: um can you explain yeah. what a sprint is for people that maybe don't um, know what a sprint is too
1: sure sure sorry so if you have uh let's say you have a release that you want to you want to launch you want to launch something in end months and then you divide it up into a number of sprints and a sprint is a set amount of time uh, some companies do one week some do two weeks some do three weeks and depending on how um addicted you are i don't know if addicted is the right word you are to the agile process to the scrum process uh the idea and this is where you can get you you know you can read books about this where let's say you have a group of engineers and they're all gonna to agree to an amount of work and they rate all the things, all this like list that the product manager puts together of things we want to accomplish. This is, this is I know, this is awesome. I kind of dig this stuff. So you usually uses like a Fibonacci sequence and like this task is one point, this task is three points, this task is eight points. And the idea is that if you get to a task that's too many points, it's too big for a sprint. You have to break it down to smaller tasks. So it's a group of one, threes and fives um, and then eights and thirteens or whatever the numbers are. And then you say, okay, our team last sprint did 42 points. This sprint, we have scheduled 100 points. Well, obviously we're not gonna accomplish that because our velocity doesn't get there. So we have to decrease the amount of things we commit to. So a sprint is a set number of tasks where the engineers agree that they're gonna commit to this number of tasks. And then we have to prepare those engineers to make sure they have the assets they need to accomplish those tasks. And then at the end of uh, you know a two-week sprint, we have a retrospective where we say what worked, what didn't work, how we can improve the next sprint, and so on. So your team gets better over time, better at predicting the number of points they can commit to, better at predicting how hard, how challenging a task is and how many points it needs. Um, sometimes points equates to hours. But yeah, that's, that's a sprint. It's just a set number of time where you have a committed number of tasks.
2: Mm-hmm. Perfect.
1: So yeah, so every day it's like, uh, you know, there's uh, 20 tasks, this sprint, and half of them I need to address. And so, you know, and engineers will have a lot of questions about like states that ne- weren't necessarily covered in the spec. And I go in and I solve those states and I provide assets that were are missing uh, and answer questions. And then also your ongoing testing. Um, engineers will say this task is done. Great, I'll go test it. And you know, it's not necessarily QA, it's more of like a design test. Does the interface match the the spec? And then give some feedback, go back and forth, and when the it is done, and move on to the next task. So imagine that, but multiplied by n number of engineers happening simultaneously. It's a lot of communication. It's a lot of quick calls and quick demonstrations, um, and then quick compromises of something that's like, actually, this is going to take eight hours to do. Can we find a compromise maybe get it down to two hours? So it's a lot of collaboration communication. And that's why I was saying before, it's not as much, uh, many mock-ups as it was when you're earlier in your career. It's a lot more communication, collaboration, and even compromise. The three C's, the David Klein method.
0: <laughs> there you go. All, and all good <laughs> trade-mack <stores>. <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah
0: i just like to uh i've just got one final question for this section if it, if it, feel free to ask any more for both of you but you just mentioned about communication uh in particular being very important to get stuff done and i'm assuming that's a lot easier for you when you're in the office do you or both of you actually ever see yourself being someone who could work remotely or permanently alone in your own office
1: uh, i i think remote is fine um i work with remote engineers every day i talk to them and doesn't take away anything uh the only time uh, the people who i think should not be remote um i I think it's so healthy to be able to talk to your product manager face to face um you two are kind of leading the entire show uh not to like take away credit from other people but it's like you the product manager the engineering manager are just making sure everything's running smoothly Mm -hmm. um i don't know if if i were remote i'm sure it would be fine um i would get to make my coffee in the morning and the afternoon, whereas now I don't get to make a cup in the afternoon. Although I used to bring my entire coffee kit, have a duplicate set that I would bring to work. And then I got <laughs> older and thought I looked a little crazy. People were like, what is uh, this? A, a, a custom temperature <laughs> kettle? What are you doing? I had like a Hario V60 with a stand and like the, fu- into the. it was really cool. It's,
2: it's allowed if you're wearing uh, a anyways, monocle.
1: <laughs> it's a lot of what? It,
2: it's allowed if you're wearing a monocle and a top hat.
1: Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, it's very classic. <laughs> um thank you for laughing that was a terrible yeah, so, joke <laughs> so I, yeah i think remote is totally fine uh i work with a remote designer i wrote work, work with several remote engineers and we hire a lot of remote people um yeah. so i think it's i think it's great if if you're happy and then and your work is good what's the difference
0: yeah cool okay well that's that's what well, a nice way to finish the first section then um as i mentioned i'd also like to talk a bit more about your hobbies. Uh, so sure. let's just sort of dive into section two, uh, Yeah. hashtag hobbies. Uh, you just mentioned something very specific that you have a coffee kit. Now I didn't, firstly, I didn't even know that was a real thing. Uh, secondly, please elaborate.
1: Yeah, so the, the coffee kit- uh, Was which in I a briefcase? I, <laughs> <laughs> I wish, it's usually a box, a, a <laughs> billboard and cardboard box every time I start a company. Uh, it's it's a, a, a thing I've worked on over many years and gotten more and more into over time. So I once worked with a designer many years ago uh, who had a similar kit and he would sit at his desk and hand grind his coffee with a very wow. fancy brass hand grinder. And I thought, well, that's interesting. He must know something and he made great coffee. And I was still using a uh, one of those pod machines at work. and um, And I would do like a French press at home and I didn't know what I was doing. And so you just start to read and experiment. And what's great about the coffee world is all these products are super cheap. So the Chemex is like twenty five bucks. The Hario V sixty is, I think, twenty six. Sound like you're talking about cars. (laughs) (laughs) A turbocharged RV (laughs) Uh, coffee machine. And then, um, so yeah, so it's really affordable, and it's also really easy to just try different try different styles. Uh, The only part that's expensive is the the kettle to get a kettle that you can control the temperature, the degrees or, you know, Celsius or Fahrenheit of the, the water. But it's just so easy every day to try a different variation. So you can put together a little coffee kit, which has, you know, you need the, you need the kettle for the temperature, uh, cause you don't want to have boiling water. That's going to, yeah. it's going to not going to be good for your coffee. You don't want to have water. That's a little too cold. You need that perfect. You know, some people say 195 degrees. I, I would lean to 202. Um, you need a good grinder. So, a good hand grinder at home, or if you have a burr grinder that's connected to an outlet, great. Uh, Hand grinder is fun because you really connect with the process because it takes a few minutes. So, you actually like kind of earn the coffee, and your arm gets tired, and you're like, oh, I can't wait for this. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, you got to have the purified water. And then you have the right beans. So I subscribe to mistobox.com. I highly recommend it for anyone who's interested uh, in upping their coffee game. You get a concierge person that you can email whenever you want. You can specify the type you want. And you can specify the frequency it comes. I'm such a big fan of mistobox, M-I-S-T-O. Yeah, and then uh, I have my own mug. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I bought an Apple mug uh, back uh, when I interned there many years ago. So I would have my little mug, and that would be my kit. And uh, so I replicated it at home and at work. Uh, I even once set up a kit at my mom's house in case I ever was over there and needed a cup of coffee. Um, and yeah, it's just something you iterate on over time. And it's it's just like a great. It's part of that morning routine of just That's disconnecting, so not not disconnect, but like not worrying about just reading and and starting your day and being thoughtful. And for some people, that involves you know bullet journals or whatever it's called, but. Uh, just being mindful and preparing yourself for the day, and thinking about what you want to accomplish.
2: I think in general, I feel like designers need to slow down. I, the, the, it's it's yes. something that I see all the time, like everywhere I go, and it's like the more the more that I try to and, and I. I I keep bringing up martial arts and I'm so sorry, but, but it's like one of the central things in my life. So almost every episode I swear I bring this up, but, but it kind of has taught me to like slow down too. Because I kind of like take lessons there and I bring them into to my work life. And one thing that I notice, and, and I'm so guilty of this myself, is I like, I don't slow down. I don't, like, take those breaks as much as I, I should. And, like, the older I get, the longer I do this thing, the more I realize that, it, like, I need these cadences. I need these, like, stop points to, like, kind of disconnect, whether it's in the morning and you're kind of just letting your brain kind of relax and you're not, like, go, go, go. Because that's, like, the days that you slow down and that you're kind of looking at it mm-hmm. almost third person, you're kind of disconnecting yourself from the design, those are always when like the best designs come out and it's when it's almost like yeah. effortless when you're in that state of flow right where you're kind of like, yeah. like the world's gone and like this thing is just like so, you're like something's different And it's usually because I take notes throughout my day kind of like to try to figure out, you know, what I'm doing well, what I'm not doing well, like kind of things that that are going well. Like I have like kind of like a checklist if I've like done my one task that I really, really, really want to do. Have I, you know, have I done that thing? And it's like a big green check mark. So I go throughout this day and I kind of like check all these things um, throughout the day Um, and, and I've been going back. And that was one of the things, too, that I noticed is that like when I disconnect, I like. My process is like it's always stronger and and i'm i don't yeah. know if you've noticed that or if you made that change and it was like if it was gradual or if, like, you just noticed, you know, one day you're like, oh, holy crap, like, my work that comes out is, like, way better. But, but I see this in, like, a lot of other designers, too. It's not just myself. It's not, like, like, I've, I've started paying attention to this. And the ones that can kind of, like, sit back in their desk and, like, they're kind of, like, spacing out and they're looking out into nothingness and they look like they're not really working, those are the people that always make the best designs. It's really funny because they're, like, kind of seeing it in their head or they're disconnecting from the process or they're, like, resetting their brain, whatever it is that, like, I feel like everybody kind of does it a little differently but whatever it is it's like that disconnection process it's like i feel like so many more people can do that and i'm kind of curious what you guys think about that if you guys have noticed that if you think that's for everybody because i don't know if that's just like you know is that just an artist thing is do programmers do it too is it like like i'm, I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are on that my
0: my boss has said to me on a number of occasions are you okay because i'm just sitting there sort of spaced <laughs> out in, the, in my seat i'm like oh yeah i'm just working something out don't worry i'll, yeah. I'll
1: be fine." Yeah, I think it's I, very- I don't know. I think it's uh, yeah, whatever, whatever makes you p- happy as a person. I think it's very difficult to try to force yourself into someone else's patterns, and I've tried many times. Sure. Uh, it It's just you end up kind of clashing. So I think you just have to try little tiny experiments. Whether it's uh, your idea is very interesting. I've never tried that of keeping a journal through the day. I've tried using Day One. Um, but I, and I find uh, writing things down, you know, everyone always says, yeah, you got to write it down. I find it so disruptive because it's a different tools, different mindset, and it's so inefficient. Which I know it's, it sounds really arrogant. Um, Shakespeare is probably pissed off, but um, I, I don't know. It, it's it's hard to say. So I, I'd love to try that that writing things down throughout the day thing. And I also also wonder, like, why not take it a step further and set up a private Twitter account and just constantly like tweet what you're thinking maybe it could be a fun experiment sure. and le- let a few friends follow it or just add it to your public twitter account and see how many followers you lose or you could uh, be
2: uh what was it uh was it casey mcdonald uh Kyle mcdonald i think that was his name but he literally tweeted out for like i forgot what it was for like a a week or two weeks everything he typed like everything he typed was Jesus. all tweeted i was like this dude is sorry but that was a totally um, random thing if you guys want to look him up he's super crazy
1: he's like this crazy artist slash programmer i like the idea of the zoning out but um uh, they ask how you're doing if you're healthy um <laughs> I think the, the getting up and walking around thing – I used to do a Rubik's Cube at my desk, and that became a little insane because I was just like, how fast can I do it? Oh, my god. I'm so manic. Uh, so, yeah, I think that was the opposite of what I wanted out of that. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, the ability to get up and walk around and socialize. So I see a lot of people um, – hang out on like our internal wiki or on Slack, just being in like helpful general rooms and answering questions. And I wonder if that's some, a, a way to disconnect a little bit from, from your work and just think about other people's design problems and help them. Sure. Um, Oh, that's interesting. That's something yeah. that I actually do. I do that.
0: Uh, I, I'm in a bunch of designer Slack channels and throughout the day, I'll check in and yeah, just catch up with people or answer questions or give feedback on work. And for me, it makes me such a better problem solver Yeah. by engaging in other people's uh, problems because you get to think from things completely differently. And whilst you're doing that, you'll come back to your own work and think, oh, I've got a new idea. Yeah,
1: that's true. well, that's why I think it's so important to get away from sketch and, and have a hobby that is design tangent, whether it be painting or drawing or making music. I see a lot of designers now making music. Uh, I see designers cooking a lot now and just trying to figure out how you connect to an artistic form that is not pixel related. Uh, so I do a lot of photography, you know, trying to take photos and edit those photos and see what tools can be used. And it's like, I'm using interfaces and I'm thinking about a final product, but it's nothing to do with the flow or not worried about a user. I'm the customer. Um, and I find that a, a very healthy way, an artistic way to disconnect. Like how can I learn more about color? How can I learn more about form and the rule of thirds and leading lines and just like perspective? And how can I, you know, perfect that craft over time? And it's years of commitment. Uh, but it's just such a great way to use a computer but not be thinking about work yeah. and not, you know, reading a lot of text. It's just mostly like artistic and clicking and, and experimenting.
2: Yeah, this is something you that go I've out of your, Sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, go ahead. You go. No, you, oh, you go. No, you go.
2: Davis <laughs> 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 is a rock. Um, yeah. So one of the things that I that i would recently been doing, I'll try to make this really quick so that we can get in there. Um, but I started doing Headspace, and they also kind of like help you disconnect by kind of like letting your uh, your brain kind of like play with ideas too, and they put you in this like weird artistic mode where you're kind of like you're focusing on your breathing, and then you're kind of like letting go of all your thoughts. And there's this weird thing that happens when I'm like letting my brain relax is like. The second I stop forcing ideas, like it's crazy how many ideas I get. Like, out of nowhere, it's because I'm relaxing, I'm kind of disconnecting, right? I'm kind of doing what you were talking about earlier, where you're kind of letting something tangential, you know, kind of inspire you, even though you don't realize that it's it's doing that thing, it, it is in the background. And I used to never believe sure. it until I started doing this stuff. And I started noticing that, again, I'm, like, I'm taking these notes, and I'm like, throughout the day, you know, when I get to the end of my palm, I'm like, quickly taking a note, saying like, this went well, this didn't go well, whatever it might be. And then I'm noticing that those are the days that I'm like the most creative too. So it's, it's super interesting when you let your brain relax, like the kinds of things, because it's such a parallel processing, like computer, right? Like we don't think very linearly, like I think we Mm -hmm. do in order to like act on it, but When things are in our brain like a lot of times it's just kind of like happening in the back of our brain all of a sudden like that inspiration hits and you're like oh that thing that i was painting you know like two months ago i'm like i could use the perspective in that or like you know you were talking about like the leading lines or like these little tiny Mm -hmm. things and then all of a sudden like these things are kind of connecting where they wouldn't
1: normally connect and it gives you a one up on other people too i feel like exactly so like yeah building that muscle that's just uh, in creative world but not connected to digital products, I find to be so beneficial. And yeah. I think, you know, touching on the painting thing, like Mark Hemion, um, who's a great guy, Hemion, a great guy. And he's always posting his paintings on Twitter and Instagram. Mm. Um, so, and then the, the photography stuff, it just, a, a way to disconnect and to learn other tools. Um, and then yeah, making music, if you can just download GarageBand and just tool around with it and then see yeah. what you can make. It's just—it's relaxing. It's—it's. I mean, sometimes it's stressful because you're like, I have this great photo, and I don't know what my vision is. I don't know how to get it right. Uh, But eventually, you just figure it out. But it's a muscle Uh, too, right? Like, the more you do it, the easier it gets. Yeah, and I think cooking is one that is everyone should try uh, because it's—you know—it's collaborative, it's fun, and it's—it's experimenting and it's buying new things and trying new things and trying different cultures. And it's Uh, so I think that's one. And it tastes great. Yeah. Well, you know, it tastes great. If If you're good. If my wife wife makes it. Good uh, point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about what about you, Luis? Um,
0: Louis, Louis, correct. Uh, I I was actually cooking. I was actually cooking just before this call. So uh, I'm a firm believer in spending hours in the kitchen away from pixels and screens. Yeah. Because it allows you to be creative and think on the spot about because I don't follow recipes. So I just make things up as I'm going along. That's in a sort of interpretive question. interpretive way that i also do design work it's all nice. sort of okay i, I feel this is going to work let's give it a go and yeah and it does if you do it for years and years it does it does work
2: and if you get super lazy those mailboxes are also amazing yeah i've
1: done those before yeah i'm not uh, even familiar what's a mailbox you mean just like what, what is that
2: Oh my gosh! I don't know if they, if you guys have them, uh, where you're from, but they are basically like these boxes where, and I don't think they deliver them everywhere, but um, in Southern California for sure they do. They they basically give you this box that's like pre-made, and it gives you all the ingredients, it gives you the recipes, everything, and it just is delivered to your door, like on your doorstep, refrigerated, mm-hmm. and you just take it in and you cook it, and it basically gives you oh. all the stuff. Like sometimes the sauce is already mixed and stuff too, so like you don't really learn oh. some of like the technicalities of like the fine details, but. For the most part, you get these amazing dinners for, you know, reasonable price. It's like maybe like ten bucks yeah. per per person. And then you wow. get to just cook this stuff. It's it's really cool.
1: Interesting. Try yeah, I out. remember doing Forage, which became Din. Uh, and that was back in the days when the other ones uh were just coming up, and now the publicly traded company, what's that one called? Blue Apron. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. tried it. It's it's pretty fun. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, there's about. loads of those had- in Europe too we had a few of those local places where you could go by and pick it up on your way home. Uh, one I think was called plate or plated or something. yeah. uh, yeah, yes, those are, those are fun. You could argue that it takes away a little bit of the fun because it's so rote and so much of it is done for you, but you could also argue, oh, it's so convenient and delicious. So yeah, yeah, I could see it going both ways depending on what you want to get out of cooking.
0: Yeah. It sounds like, uh, you're, uh, you as well, We're, we're both very busy guys outside of the office do you think that um, there's sort of a risk of burnout at this at any stage, or do you see that because you're so at, at one with your hobbies that you don't treat it like that, or you don't see it like that at all?
1: I, I don't know. I don't. It's hard to say uh, define busy because, like, yeah, sure, busy because I want to work out as often as possible and also have downtime to relax and disconnect and watch a rerun of The Office or watch a new movie. Um, Or, you know, go hang out, you know, with my family and see, you know, my mom has a shih tzu and I love that dog more than anything. Uh, Don't don't tell anyone. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's it's hard to say if you want to go hang out with your friends. Um, Yeah, I I don't know how to interpret that. I don't know.
0: Well, by the sounds of things, you don't think you're uh, running risk of burnout.
1: I don't know. It's I the, the most important point is when you come home. I think it's dangerous to go back to work. I think it's very important to not think about it. And I think it's great whether you have, you know, you can have a side project. So I've done some design, uh, not since I started this job, but doing some designs for clients um, and, you know, friends and just thinking about other ideas and trying out new things um, with, you know, following tutorials or something that you find. Um, but it's so – it's like, like I was talking about earlier where you come in the next day and look at a design you did with fresh eyes. I think that's so crucial. So burnout, yeah, I've never had that problem. Only when uh, you're not happy with the company that you're at, that's I think the dangerous burnout territory where you're – when you come into work and you're like kind of dreading your day, that's when you know I've hit burnout and you gotta you got to fix that somehow, whether it be switching products, teams or even companies – um, cause otherwise you just, if you're not happy to go to work, what, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a, a, a tenable lifestyle, maintainable.
0: or both. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really, really nice point to wrap this, wrap this up, a sure. uh, really, really pertinent, uh, really pertinent point that you just mentioned. I think it's, is very true for us to reflect on, reflect on our jobs, and reflect on our lives as often as we can mm-hmm. and to realize that. If we are unhappy, we need to change it because no one else is going to fix it for us.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, the thing that you're waiting for at, at the unhappy place is never going to happen. No. So it's it's really important. to, And I know that it's a very like position of power thing to say you could just leave, but like uh, you know you got to put together a portfolio and just network like crazy and find another opportunity if if you're unhappy. Um, exactly. But I don't want to unha- end on an unhappy note. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> no, oh, I think it's positive. It's a good thing. it's awesome. <laughs> yeah you
0: you sort of realize that you're in control of your happiness at the yeah. moment and that's uh, really important
1: and you know get a, if, you, if you're unhappy get a, get a hobby figure out what makes you happy and then pour your life into it mm-hmm. get and yourself then a coffee kit people yeah you yeah. gotta get a coffee find a group <laughs> that takes photos around town and go hang out with those people they're super nice i've done a bunch of unsplash photo walks in san francisco and yeah just find another community to to hang out with nice, nice. great
0: Oh, well, thanks thanks for coming on that was really, really cool. Really enjoyed that.
1: Thank you so much for Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah it's been you. a blast. Thanks, guys. Yeah.
0: All right. Take it easy. Bye. Peace.
2: All right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed that one. We just wanted to ask you one quick favor. We work crazy hard to bring the guests on and all the work that goes with it. We only ask you two things. The first one, if you aren't already subscribed, please hit that subscribe button. Whatever platform you're using, we're pretty much on all the platforms. And second is to just share it with somebody you think would enjoy it. That's all. It would mean so much to us. Thanks, everybody. Peace.